I'm going to warn you. Consider this the Tough Love episode next on Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Waits for it. Yes, caught. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Throws it. And a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got it. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On his way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schimbecker. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. Winner. We're going to win the championship again because we're going to play as a team. And when we play as a team, and the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Go Blue. I'm Steve Dace, and welcome to this week's Michigan podcast. Our good friend and lone reasonable bucknut, Mark Rogers, will be joining us next segment, and we'll get his thoughts on how name, image, and likeness could change the future trajectory of college football. But we begin with what I teased there at the top. This is going to be a tough love episode because I love this team, I love this school. But as the great prophet Allen Iverson once said, I'm tired. I'm tired of being irrelevant. And no, the off-season zany hijinks of the head coach or uh, getting absolutely uh, violated by your rival to finish the season, ending every year with losses either in bowl games or to Ohio State, that's not what's the relevancy we're looking for here. Name, image, and likeness should be something that Michigan seems uniquely suited to exploit. It seems especially tailored to a school with a cosmic-level brand name like Michigan, which has fallen behind its peer programs and competitiveness. Now the nebulous cheating or the much-discussed on Michigan fan sites, message boards, or shows uh, that's hardly ever quantified. All of this stuff is now above board. The black market is gone. But instead, 
Michigan fumbled around from the outset here while other programs preemptively went out to hire outside consulting firms or even establish their own in-house mechanisms to take advantage of this brave new world. This led to Michigan athletes independently soliciting opportunities with no guidance or assistance from the athletics department. I also know of Michigan coaches who tried to get some guidance and assistance from the university at the outset, and they came back with nothing. Finally, after a couple of days of this ridiculous tomfoolery, a brand new member of the football program announced on the school, announced, I should say, that the school had signed with a premier NIL branding firm to assist the athletes. Now, she announced this. She's been on campus for like a month. She got hired away from Notre Dame. She announced this. However, the university has still not said anything official about it. It's nowhere in their Twitter feeds, never been announced, no press releases at the time. We're recording this here on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, nothing from Athletics Director Ward Manuel on this either. Now, speaking of Manuel, <laughs> I'm told that when one of his coaches asked for guidance and assistance with NIL, he rebuffed them by saying, and I quote, we have to hold off and make sure this is all above board, end quote. That's bureaucratic doublespeak. What's above board? Isn't this an institution that prides itself on its progressive thinking? An assistant AD then claimed Michigan wasn't being more aggressive because it had to make sure its policies were aligned with a new Michigan state law. However, that law doesn't even take effect until well into next year. Well into next year. Thus, Michigan could have aggressively worked NIL carte blanche here from the jump, especially as we are watching numerous recruits in the incoming football class take visits here and then commit elsewhere. And coming off of a 2-4 and four face plant, we need all the help with the recruiting pitch we can get right about now. Michigan could have also gone right back to the legislature, asked them to make a more lenient NIL law in light of the new lack of NCAA regulation. That would be in line with its competitors and in light of deals currently available to its players. But again, again, that would have actually required foresight and the very progressive thinking the university claims as its brand. Instead, Michigan didn't help its athletes, didn't guide its athletes, is already getting outmaneuvered by the schools it is trying to beat, and is providing negative recruiting content for our rivals to use against us. See Andy Staples of The Athletic's Twitter feed the other day. It's a familiar refrain, and it's got to stop. And I think it happened here with name, image, and likeness for two reasons. First, and I, I don't say this lightly, and it's not personal. I don't know him. I don't care. I just think the athletic director at Michigan shouldn't be soft. That's why I think Jim Harbaugh is still coaching here. That's why Jim Harbaugh was permitted weeks upon weeks to look for an NFL job on our time and dime last December. And don't let anybody tell you any differently. That's what was going on. That's why the Fab Five banners still aren't back up, despite the fact we hired a basketball coach from that era he didn't even do everything he could to keep John Beeline. Manuel's one claim to fame here is he got lucky as all get out with Juwan Howard. Now, we thought at the time Juwan only got the job because he was a former player, and it turns out we only got a coach that good because he was a former player. 
the rest of our list from that coaching search is either going into this current season on the hot seat or just had to change jobs. See Shaka Smart. In short, Manuel's leadership here, as it has been on numerous fronts since he became AD, is lacking. The other reason, the other reason Michigan fumbled this out of the gate is more systemic. Michigan, on an institutional level, is frankly drunk on its own self-righteousness. That's why it had scientists last year telling the Big Ten it wasn't safe to play college football, but then when questioned, couldn't offer anything specific as to why. In fact, one of their leading epidemiologists was questioned, and she said, well, you know, there's just too many unknowns. You know, there's a lot of unknowns when I jump in a damn airplane I'm not piloting too. That's not science. We're just supposed to take their word for it on this stuff because they got an M after their name or before it. That's why our university president, who took six years to visit the football building, thought he alone was uniquely qualified to stop the Big Ten from playing football last year. See, Michigan, Michigan cheats too. Just the opposite way. Michigan cheats itself and its fans. No major college brand more holds their fans and media at arm's length more aggressively stiff arms them than Michigan does. Treats them with more distrust and disdain than Michigan does. Michigan prides itself on not just being better. Now, it's not just about being better than your competitors. Michigan has to be superior. It's not enough for us to beat other teams. We need to feel morally superior while doing so. Because it's just so immoral to give a single mom a job or a car in exchange for borrowing her baby's spinal cord or cranial cavity to make money off of for four years. Since we don't want to, you know, stoop so low as to break those precious NCAA rules. You know, the same NCAA that has broken every antitrust rule in American history, that gilded cage. But then, when that canard of NCAA rules is done away with and the players are treated as actual Americans, that same self-righteousness doesn't work the other way. Doesn't permit us to go ahead and, and do it legit now. It's funny You know, we believe in that great player empowerment when they're going to speak political views that align with the campus culture. But when the players want to be treated as adults economically, well, whoa, I mean, I don't know if you're ready for that yet. (laughs) See, this self-righteousness doesn't permit us to go ahead and do it legit now because, fellow Michigan fans, it wasn't about any of that high-minded rhetoric. It was simply about sanctimony. It mattered more to feel superior than to achieve better. And here's where that's gotten us, by the way. And don't tell me it's anything differently than that. In the end, you know, a tree by its fruit. We always, we always err on the side of sanctimony compared to achievement. And it's gotten us 15 years with no football titles. And now a decades-long scandal courtesy of a dead pederast predator who's left a trail of tragic tears in his wake. I love this team. I love this team. Come to my house. My man cave is a shrine to Michigan. It has brought as much joy to my life for the last 30 plus years as anything outside of my faith, family, and freedom. I'm not speaking up because I don't love Michigan, but because I do. This crap has to end or it threatens to end us. I never bought a sanctimony national champs shirt at the M-Den, and neither of you. Nor would they even sell one. 
yet the school's brass is drunk on it. So I close with this bright idea. How about we actually take the words of our fight song more seriously than our self-righteous sanctimony? And then let's see what happens. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast because you make these episodes possible with your support. And we get asked all the time, hey, we love what you guys do. How can we support you? Well, for just $5 a month, you can support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And hey, college basketball may be done, but now we're into the Major League Baseball handicapping. And we had an outstanding season in Major League Baseball last year. We had a pretty good season in college basketball this year as well, as you can see right there from something we recently posted on our Patreon page. So five $5 a month to get some pretty good sports handicapping, an opportunity to win some money like when we recommended you take before the tournament, Baylor 6-1 to to win the national championship. You saw that thing pay off, right? Well, your $5 a month pays off when you support us at patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. Time now for the 10-Minute War, our homage to when it was still a rivalry known as the 10-Year War. Back in the day, it's our good friend, the voice of college football, who himself has a fantastic channel here on YouTube. Uh, and the maybe one and only reasonable bucknut we know, Mark Rogers. Good to see you again, Mark. How are you, brother? I am doing well, Steve. And uh, for a later debate, it still is a rivalry. It is not a rivalry any more than a boot uh, and an ant or a hammer and a nail. It's a grand spectacle. I will grant that. It is a grand spectacle, but so was the Christians versus the Lions back when my Lions were undefeated every Sunday. That wasn't a rivalry either, but it was a grand spectacle, brother. I think you hear me knocking and I'm coming in. But you're right. We can have that debate for later in the year when I don't watch the game. But let's talk about the debate that's happening right now about the game as a whole. Name, image, and likeness, cats and dogs living together. Now, what I find fascinating is in, an, in another walk of life, I work for a fairly large alternative or conservative media outlet. And I am really at odds with a lot of my peers who really, I mean, there's a few out there who see the free market aspect of this. But a lot of my peers think that this is like the end of college sports as we know it. And I really don't think it's going to change that much at all, actually. Um, I really, I, I think if anything, you're like right now you're watching SMU is killing it in recruiting, like killing it, like beating Oklahoma and all in schools for recruits and this for a couple of different ones this week. Well, the last time we saw SMU kill it in recruiting, Mark, if you know what I'm saying, gee, right? Remember the last time? Mm. Yeah, I was asked that one time Eric Dickerson got a yellow Trans Am from Texas A&M, but went to SMU anyway. So what were they offering, right? Now that you can do all this stuff above board of, uh, through third parties, I, I think we're going to see even more democratization of the sport now, actually. I think, you're, I think we'll never see quarterback rooms like what Ohio State has right now ever again. will never happen again. Between NIL and instant transfer capabilities, three top 50 caliber recruits sitting there, that's never going to happen ever again. I think you'll see coaches like Luke Fickle stay at Cincinnati. Hey, I'm in a major television market. I get an easier path to a 12-team playoff if I stay here. I can, I've got lots of money in this community to offer recruits. Other than that, I, I think it'll further democratize the sport. 
but I don't think it's going to change much we see on Saturdays overall at all. Like the, uh, you know, I don't think the State Puff Marshmallow Man's coming down, uh, you know, State Street there. But what do you think, Mark? Is this the end of is this the end of it all? It sounds like you've been talking to a lot of people that are in line with me. I seem to be feeling and thinking the same things. I am very split on this between my emotions and my attachments and my loyalty versus my free-thinking capitalist side. So this is where I'm going with this. What I've, I have always loved about college football, college athletics in general, but college football in particular, besides the spectacle of the game, the traditions, everything else, is the purity of, or the supposed purity, um, of that my beloved Buckeyes that are playing right now in the NFL and have played in the past in the NFL have always been Ohio State players. They didn't play for three different schools. They're Buckeyes through and through. And I know that this doesn't necessarily speak to that, but it's just an extension of what we've seen deteriorate over the last several years in the transfer rules. And this is just going to extend on that. And so I hate that as a... College football fan, I hate uh, that the scholarship's not good enough, that the scholarship is being talked about like it's nothing. Well, for not just a college football fan and analyst, but for as a father who is paying for a scholarship uh, and and also giving the burden and accountability to my daughter to do much of that, the scholarship is worth a lot, believe Mm -hmm. me. Uh, so that's payment. I have always considered these guys to be paid through the scholarship, through the meal yeah, money. And that everything. was their consideration. It, Correct. Yeah. Even when it's above board. And I understand there are poverty situations in which that wasn't necessarily good enough. And I wanted those to be addressed. But that aside, that's one part of me that that is longing for the purity of college athletics. OK, the other side of me says I'm an American. I'm a capitalist. I believe in free market. I believe in freedom just to choose and do what you'd like. And therefore, I support NIL and believe that it should go in this direction. So I'm, I'm good with that. Now, to your next part of the question is, who's going to benefit from this? My first thought, my very first thought, and this was years ago when this was being talked about, and I think really the Johnny Manziel uh, incident uh, after his Heisman Trophy winning season really got people to think about this. And, hey, can't we just set up... Uh, Johnny Manziel at the local car dealership and everybody else and let them sign autographs Mm -hmm. and make some money. Um, I instantly thought of three football programs and two markets, Miami and Los Angeles, because they're not only full of population, they're full of this celebrity culture, entertainment culture. And I thought, okay, are they going to benefit from this? Well, they're also professionally dominated sports cities that, unless the going's really good at Miami or USC, are largely ignoring those football programs. You know, somebody made a comment to me the other day about the number one high school football recruit in the country, JTT, being flown over Los Angeles by the USC football program just as kind of, you know, one of those wow moments. And I thought, what were they doing talking to him about all the people that are going to ignore him for the next three (laughs) years at USC? Because they're watching the Dodgers, the Lakers, the Chargers, the Rams. Um, And so now I'm starting to think, and, and unless, and there are far other people out there much smarter than me, you included, that may have a better beat or projection on where this is headed because I keep wrestling with this. I have calls come into my show 
And any debate that's come in over who this is going to benefit, I've always had a counter argument. And then within my counter argument, I think, okay, well, I do see their side of it. So I'm going to plead some type of innocence in regards to really knowing where this is headed and who's going to benefit. I do think that you need to start. You need to be a starting player, most likely, unless you're the backup guard at Alabama where they're so crazy about anything that's wearing those colors on their back that they're going to pay for the backup guard to uh, you know, sign some autographs and get in on some deals. But other than that, yes, the point that you just made, that the starters are the guys that make money. So the third-string quarterback at Ohio State is even more insignificant. Yeah, Go somewhere else and make some money. Uh, because you got to be starting, you got to be a performer on the field to make money. I would think in all unless this. you have now. There's the TikTok, Instagram world that guys you and I's age are not involved in, but our kids would know. So, like on Michigan's basketball team, Adrian Nunez, who Michigan fans have been trying to get to uh, get processed for the last two years as a is a waste of a scholarship. He's got like over a million TikTok followers. He might end up being, unless there's a player on this year's team, say Hunter Dickinson, who has national player of the year kinds of uh, kind of a season. Adrian Nunez, who plays about as many significant minutes for Michigan basketball as you and I do, he might end up being Michigan's most NLI marketable hoops player because of the amount of TikTok following he has with dances and things of that nature. So there's outliers where that is concerned, right? But systemically, I agree with you. And you know why you can't point to systemically who this will favor the most? Because that's the point of a free market. Who's Who's got the best idea? Who's most willing and most aggressive to attack it and most willing to exploit it? That's a meritocracy, right? That's That was my opening to this show was about the fact we have the largest living alumni body, not in the Big Ten mark, on this planet. There are more Michigan grads on this planet than any other public university in the third within the third rock from the sun. We have the largest stadium. We were the first school that Nike ever did an endorsement deal with. We were the first school they ever did a Jumpman endorsement deal with. If there was ever anything... Like, the college football gods said, you know what? We're tired of you whining about Jim Tressel and cars and tattoos. We're tired of you whining about SEC buying players off under the table. Tell you what, because we just want Michigan and that winged helmet to matter again. We will create a system where cheating is no longer cheating. Everything's above board, and no school is perhaps more uniquely uh, more uniquely situated to exploit this and narrow a talent gap than yours, and we're just going to hand it to you. And Michigan just completely fumbled it totally out of the out of the out of the from the jump. That's that is institutional. So the reason why we can't sit here and say that this will help this team or that team from a systemic standpoint is because we have to look at it situationally. It's not that no matter who the Cincinnati coach is, would benefit from this. It's about the fact they have a hell of a coach right now who's already really good, and now this sort of a plan gives him an incentive to be really choosy about taking another job, because does he have to? If he takes the Michigan job next year, what's an easier path to the playoff for Luke Fickle? Let's just be brutally honest. Exploiting NIL in a top 35 television market? and being the number one team in the group of five every year, or trying to beat Ohio State every year? What do you think the answer to that question is, Mark? 
I think he stays at Cincinnati. I agree. Because of this new information I in this new agree. world. I completely agree. Yes. You look at SMU, that's a major university and a major metroplex with a ton of money, with a lot of tradition. Even before they were cheating in the 80s, that was a school with a lot of tradition. Just a lot of younger people don't realize it. But now they've now they they got boosters down there with money. They're burning money. They don't know what to do with it. So let's just start giving it to players. So I, I think the reason we can't systemically say who will help is because a free market creates opportunities, not in a quality of outcomes, but of opportunities. And it really comes down to, are you capable or willing to do, to come up with what is necessary or willing to do what is necessary to exploit it? Somebody also once famously said with new information come new results and new thought process and approach. And um, I got to say with, with different uh, pieces and parts of this that are exposed, at least to me in my reading and research each day, I come up with a different conclusion. So yesterday I was thinking, does location really matter in this world of social media? No. Does location really matter? No. It, 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 well, it can help you, but I don't think it, it, it certainly helps you. Okay. But does it hurt you the way that it used to? No, no. Because it, at some point, Steve, I got past the Miami Los Angeles focus thought that, hey, these are the two that could really, uh, really drive this. And then I thought, because of the professional sports aspect, are we going to more mid-market? Do they have the advantage? Columbus, Ohio. I know they've got an NHL team, but the the, the what about Iowa, not, where I live, not saturated. Look at by, Iowa. You know, Memphis. We, we we have nothing to compete with Iowa and Iowa State. Okay, we have the Iowa has the largest per capita health insurance. It is the capital of the health insurance industry in America. One of the largest industries in the country. It's the ag agribusiness capital of America. And there's no major league sports teams like there are in Miami and L.A. that you were talking about to kind of cloud that lane. Why wouldn't this help schools like a school like Iowa? Hey, why Kyle McCord or whoever the who's the odd, CJ pick whoever thinks the odd man out at Ohio State? Probably right. Jack Miller. All right, Jack Miller. Guy. All right, that guy. That guy was also a very decorated recruit. Why doesn't Iowa go to him and say, "Dude, transfer here, be immediately eligible, and you've got an endorsement deal with Iowa Ethanol for fifty grand a year"? Okay, who's yeah. not going to take that, Mark? That's why I said earlier the idea that Ohio State's just going to every year have three top fifty recruits in its quarterback room. No, it won't. And neither will Alabama, and neither will Clemson, and neither will anybody else. Because people aren't that dumb to ride the bench in obscurity when there's an opportunity. And these are major programs. They may not be as big as Ohio State or Alabama, but this ain't Stony Brook either. You're going to play in a major university on national TV and make money or ride the bench in obscurity. All right. Who's not going to choose the former? That's exactly why we're going to see more of a democratization of players. And to further extend that point, something that I didn't really consider at this level was I read something today that um, when I was wrestling back and forth with this location aspect of this is that what brings location back into it is that there are about 1,200 athletes that currently have been at least contacted for some type of NIL uh contract and most of those contracts sure there's going to be the arch manning coming out of high school that's going to sign for a zillion dollars somewhere uh but many of those are in the like 50 to 500 dollar range so mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot of mom and pop shops offering bits and pieces to these these athletes so they need to be on the field 
Great plane. stuff, man. I think yeah. I I don't think it will impact. I don't even think it will impact team chemistry. These guys are already arguing about followers and social media brands and media attention anyway. So, I mean, let's face it. The conferences to the south of us, most of those players have all been getting paid since they walked, since they finished high school anyway under the table. They were already having these conversations in the locker rooms at Alabama and Clemson and, and these places. So I don't think this makes that any differently. I'll give you the last word. And I know the maturity level is not the same, but considering NFL locker rooms, maybe it's not much different. Uh, the inequity of salary at any NFL uh, locker room, just go grab, you can go online, grab the roster for any NFL team, and you will see not just inequity, you will mm -hmm. see unfair inequities of better players being paid worse. So if it can work in the NFL from that standpoint, it could work in college football. Great stuff, man. Appreciate it, Mark, as always. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate it, Steve. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast because you make these episodes possible with your support. And we get asked all the time, hey, we love what you guys do. How can we support you? Well, for just $5 a month, you can support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And hey, college basketball may be done, but now we're into the Major League Baseball handicapping. And we had an outstanding season in Major League Baseball last year. We had a pretty good season in college basketball this year as well, as you can see right there from something we recently posted on our Patreon page. So five $5 a month to get some pretty good sports handicapping and opportunity to win some money like when we recommended you take before the tournament Baylor 6 to 1 to win the national championship you saw that thing pay off right well your $5 a month pays off when you support us at patreon.com/michiganpodcast and this week's twitter poll results yikes we asked you, gosh, this is depressing. Are you confident Michigan will fully exploit NIL to its advantage? Almost 83% of you said, no, I hate us. I hate us. And you voted the right way. That brings us to our feedback of the week. How many games does Harbaugh have to win to keep his job? And that is from Bill, although it could have been Dale, my other brother Dale, Arnie, Aaron, Todd, Marv. Uh, everybody's asking this question right now. I don't believe it's a number of games for sure. I, I think there's a there's a if Michigan has a losing record, he's gone. If Michigan is six and six and doesn't beat Ohio State, he's gone. It's when we get beyond the obvious that we get into a real gray matter, gray matter, gray area. And I don't think it's about wins. Let me give you a scenario. Michigan's eight and three heading into the Ohio State game on the periphery of the college football top 25 rankings and the playoff rankings. They're like 21 or 22. All right. And they go out Thanksgiving weekend, 20, 30, 40,000 bucknuts are, are sitting there in Scarlet in Michigan Stadium on national TV, and they get absolutely assaulted, okay, by Ohio State again. Now they're eight and four. Probably going to some Florida Bowl game, I would guess, or the new Vegas Bowl in the Big Ten. Those aren't bad destinations. but And that's a dramatic improvement off last year. But what that would do in terms of perception, the amount of former players, how we had former players, Charles Woodson and Brian Gracie, were speaking out last year. What, are they, what would they be saying now? Right? And so a lot of people think, oh, eight and four, he's safe. Well, I don't know. Who are those four losses to? Are they to Michigan State and Ohio State? No. Then he's not. Is it we started eight and one and then November came and we lost to Penn State and, and Indiana and Ohio State? Then not really. 
So I, I, I really think outside of obvious numbers, like if Michigan's 10-2 and two, or if he's, he's back, if he's 5-7, unless he goes to the pros, if, he's five, if they're 5-7, and seven, he's gone. We get in those middle numbers like 7-5, and five, then I really think who are those losses to and what did they look like? If they're 7-5, and five, but they pull one of those Michigan shockers over Ohio State at the end of the year that we've seen so often in the history of this rivalry, then he's absolutely back if he wants to be. It really comes down to... Who are the wins? Who are the losses? And what did they look like in those losses once we get beyond obvious records? That's why we have to kind of let the season play itself out. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Michigan Podcast. We're almost back to our weekly schedule. we got a few more weeks uh, before that happens. In the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Michigan Podcast. Keep up to date on what we think all things maize and blue. You can like, rate, share, follow, subscribe, whichever the case may be on your podcast platform or iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. Please keep those comments and shares coming. They help to spread the word to find more Michigan fans just like you. Until the next time, I'm Steve Dace. Good luck.